Hello and welcome to SME SOS, the podcast from southwestbusiness.co.uk, which helps small and medium-sized business owners and managers to navigate some of the challenges that they face. Today we're discussing how and why to make your business go green. My name is Gavin Thompson and joining me today are Ben Heald, the CEO at SIFT, Rob Delius, an architect from Stride Clown, Amy Dartington, Senior Associate with Sustain, and finally, Amy Robinson, Project Director for the Go Green Program, which has been established in Bristol, uh, particularly pertinent this year as the city is the European Green Capital. So thanks to all of you for, for joining me today. Um, Amy Robinson, we'll, we'll start with you, if that's okay. Um, just before we talk about sort of how businesses become greener, perhaps you could um, tell me why why they should. You know, small businesses in particular that have got a lot going on, juggling lots of different things. So what's what's the benefits of, of being green? Um, well, I think that that can vary hugely depending on the type of company you are. But overall, there are some really top-line issues around um, energy saving, resource saving, um, saving money for your business through, through managing what you purchase and how in an effective way. And I think most business owners would recognise that that's something that they need to consider regardless of what they do. Um, and I think we'll no doubt cover it today through, through the other people here, but there are lots of issues around engaging with your staff and making sure that you're creating a working environment that's attractive to people, that they want to work with you, that they want to stay with you. Um, what we've tried to do is create a programme that covers a lot of different issues. It's not just about those energy efficiency issues. We look at sourcing, we look at planning for the future, we look at how your staff travel. And that's all part of the big picture that we think is really important for businesses to think about in the 21st century. Mm, okay, and so so that's sort of a broad kind of why why you might do it. Let's look at some of the the ways in which you might um, go about it. And um, I mean, Amy Dartington, is that where a company like Sustain comes in? Yes, we can. Um, we've done a number of things in our own organisation. Um, we can also help uh, SMEs, and we work with large organisations right down to small shops like Poppers, the Party Shop on Gloucester Road, and help them identify annual energy savings. Um, so, for example, we uh, worked with the Architecture Centre and um, identified annual energy savings of £3,000 a year, which for a small SME is really can make a massive mm. difference. So what kind of, when you sort of talking about £3,000 savings for, for, for them, what sort of things would they be achieving um, that with? Lighting is definitely still one of the big ones, and we do a lot of LED lighting installations, um, and the payback periods for that are pretty good sort of three to five years depending on the organisation. Um, we also do insulation um, installations on pipe work in boiler rooms and look at sort of boiler room settings and heating controls which can make really big impacts as well. So for that, so that you say insulation that's things like what the heat escaping through the through the pipes or? Exactly yes there's actually quite a lot of pipe work in a boiler room that often gets missed from the rest of the insulation programmes that people carry out. Okay and the lighting with what LEDs instead of? Yeah, absolutely. So moving from tube lights to LED lights. Um, and the costs of LED are coming down all the time, so they're definitely a good, a good action to take. Mm. Okay. And, and I guess with some of that, there's, there's costs involved for the businesses, but, but what you're saying is that there's a, a, a benefit to the bottom line over time. Absolutely. And we actually we run a, a large-scale energy efficiency scheme specifically for SMEs, and that is funded so we can identify energy savings within the organisation, within their company or building, and also provide funding to carry those out. Mm. Um, so we'd 
recommend that anyone who's interested in that um, get in touch. Mm, okay. So Ben and Ben and Robin, keen to to hear some of your experiences about what your your own companies have have been through and, and how you've approached this. Um, uh, ben, if we perhaps start with you, tell us just a bit about what what you've done to to go green in your business. Okay. Um, we set up a, a greener SIFT initiative about a year ago, and I suppose for us, it's part of the way we work. We, I have 140 staff. Uh, we're going to save perhaps a little bit of money through some of these greener initiatives, but it's much more important that we engage the staff and see, involve them in the way we do things. So we have a SIFT cares team, a greener SIFT team, and also a SIFT office team. So I suppose five years ago, it would be me that would, be decide, would decide most of the initiatives in the office whether that would be where we had parties or what we did mm-hmm. or what we saved. But now that's devolved to these teams and it it's, it's really transforms the way a business operates to have that in, sort of engaged approach. So this, the Green Assist team has driven a whole load of initiatives over the last year from converting uh, waste paper bins, we used to have a, a bin under each table, into one per team uh, and converted the old bins into plant pots. We've changed, the, we've now got food recycling uh, we give out Bristol pounds that are dished out on the um, beer trolley on a Friday afternoon. So it's a wide range of things we've now done. We have a mindfulness drop-in session on a Wednesday morning at 9 o'clock. So it's, it's, it's the way we've approached it, so much, not so much what we've done. Mm. That's interesting because you mentioned bins there. I, I remember um, he, uh, here um, at, at our company a couple of years ago, they took away the bins and... Everyone hated it, and, and people put carry bags on their desk to put rubbish in, and you know, and kind of made their own bins. So, how have you, you? You sound like your staff are kind of engaged with this. So, so how have you got them on board? I think the difference is, I mean, the, the Greener Sift team is eight people who meet every fortnight on a, on a Tuesday morning at nine o'clock for, for twenty minutes. So, it's, there's a rolling program. Each time we meet, we we debate one topic and try to take one action and, and complete it before the next meeting in a fortnight's time. So. And the company as a whole feels that we're just doing one thing in time mm. that's appropriate for the organisation because we're, it's fully represented in the team. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel imposed upon them. They feel they've engaged with it. They vote what's the next thing we do. So we're all in it together. And we send a, a newsletter out to the whole company every a month with all the latest thing. So rather than it being something that's coming down from you at the top, it's, it's sort of coming up through the, through the ranks a bit more. And through Absolutely, there. yeah. Yeah, and, and interesting what you're saying there about one thing at a time because it can be a bit overwhelming. I would think you know, if you if you sort of say, right, we're, here we are, off we go. We're we're going to be a green business now. Get rid of all the paper towels. Well, I suppose it's, it's taking an agile approach to the way that you operate. You know, you can't do 15 things at once. And actually, mm-hmm. if you do a big bang approach as well, it's too much. And then what happens afterwards? It's much better just to one by one mm-hmm. by one. That means the energy keeps rolling. And, sort of and there's, a, there's a sense of momentum to the whole programme as well. Yeah, and I suppose things then have time to embed before you're moving on to the next... Yeah, you can't. You, you have no idea the complications we had introducing organic milk. Um, unbelievable. Mm. Okay, that's, uh, I'm, I'm curious to know more. But uh, uh, Rob, we'll bring you perhaps some of your experiences. At, at, um, I mean, Strategy Glass is quite a big... Practice. What kind of numbers have you got working in your? We've, in your we've got about um, 150 in, yeah. in Bristol, and in the country itself, we've got about 300 mm. now. So yeah, we're, we're a big company. And, and and how have you tackled some of those challenges in in your office? 
Um, I think much the same way as Ben in that we've got um, a team of sustainability champions which is spread out through all the offices and teams and actually something we've introduced recently is um, some well-being champions as well. I think well-being is becoming much more important in the office. Um, but it's um, doing all the, the obvious things. So we have, um, we're signed up to ISO 14001, which is um, a way of actually implementing a, a sustainability policy. Um, but we've also uh, signed up to a thing called One Planet Living, which is probably a much more understandable way for staff to, uh, to see what we're doing in terms of sustainability. So there's 10 categories and it covers everything from energy, water, etc., through to health and happiness, um, equality, um, and so much, much broader aspects. And um, we try and get everyone in, as involved as possible, really, in, in everything we do. And that, it's, it's, what was that one called again? One Planet Living. One Planet Living. And that sounds much more user-friendly to me. I mean, certainly I, as, a, as a journalist, I find if someone sends me, a, sends me something to say that they've qualified for ISO 14001 standard and, and other similar things, I'm likely to delete it because I think, what on earth does that mean? And I'm sure most business owners think the same. So how important is, is the language then? Is that, is that, you know, to getting people on board? I think it's really important actually because... As an office, we have um, a lot of professional stuff, so a lot of um, architects, urban designers, landscape architects, but we've also got um, a large administrative um, part of our business and people from all sorts of different backgrounds. And actually, it's really about everyone getting involved. Um, And that's why we're very involved in Business Green Week, because that's a really good way of... It's not just on um, energy and um, things we do as architects, which is sort of improve building efficiency, etc. But it's actually about doing things that um, everyone in the office feels they can get involved in. So, um, in, in Business Green Week, for example, we were we were doing a series of sort of games outside in our garden. Mm. So basically, trying to get people outside. Um, we had nature walks. We had herbs and things on people's desks in the morning so it's just a way of actually getting people interested and involved mm. and amy amy robinson um, i mean i was talking about language there and you, you you're very much pushing trying to get more businesses to sign up go green is nice and simple terminology but how do you explain it to particularly the smaller businesses who who perhaps haven't got they don't feel they've got the people to have a, a green team mm. within, within the department. How do you get over to them what they can do? Um, yeah, it's a real challenge, and we did discuss quite, for quite a long time what we should call the programme, and uh, as you said, we, we did decide on Go Green pretty much because it does what it says on the tin. Mm. Um, but it, it's really difficult for small companies. Um, I, um, running Low Carbon Southwest, I am a micro-business, and, and we've signed up to Go Green, um, and I know how difficult it is to find the time to, to commit to these kinds of measures. Um, but I think... Um, it's been covered already. One of the key things is is to com- explain to companies that this isn't this doesn't have to be a huge revolutionary change of your business. It, it's an incremental thing. It's about identifying things within your organisation that could be improved 
and doing them as you can. And that could be around how you source certain products like organic milk or about where you get your energy from and whether or not you can sort out getting new lighting in your office. Um, it could be about encouraging your staff to cycle to work. Mm -hmm. um, so, for example, to use that one, We've got lots of evidence um, about how sustainable travel to work, whether that's cycling or walking, um, or, or buses for that matter, but, but from a health point of view, cycling and walking particularly can be really, really good for um, staff welfare. People who cycle to work take less sick days. Um, so it's a really, there are all kinds of benefits to business. Um, you just need to take them one at a time. Mm. Okay, and you talk about talk about the benefits. I'm, I'm curious um, from some of the rest of you as to whether you've really felt those benefits. I mean, Ben, have you have you seen a sort of tangible benefit in, in your in your team? It depends what you mean by tangible benefit. In terms of uh, staff engagement, we run a an employee net promoter score every year across the company every May. We've just taken the results of that this year and uh, you know, the employee net promoter score went up in all divisions this year. So that'll be due, due to a number of things, but one of them I'm sure is, is the fact that we're, we're now seen to be championing uh, all issues around greener, greener living. Mm. I think people like that. Mm. And, and, and Robin, do you, you feel well, that... Well, one of the big things that we did was actually um, change our IT setup. So... We uh, looked at what servers we had and we replaced them and we've been constantly replacing all our IT equipment and actually we've calculated in the last sort of three years we've uh, saved our carbon footprint by about 30% just from some sort of quite boring measures really but it mm -hmm. does make a big difference. So that's what just up new new servers yeah. that are more efficient or... Exactly. Uh, Replacing old monitors and PCs. Mm, okay, yeah. But just, just just to challenge that, how do you what do you do with uh, cloud um, services? Because we, one of the challenges we find around measuring things is as you move things to the cloud, it's mm. it's quite difficult to monitor electricity usage of your cloud um, supplies or sources. Yeah, it's a very good point because uh, suddenly things that are serving you are actually perhaps beyond your control. You don't know exactly, exactly how they're being uh, serviced and um, you know, the energy is being created for them. So, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point, really. And do you, is that, is that um, something that, um, and perhaps, perhaps that you come across, that people think, well, okay, we're not printing paper anymore, but we're charging up our iPads all day long. You know, mm. it, it's, it's how do companies measure whether they're being effectively more, more green? Yeah, I think the unintended consequences of these changes can, can be an issue. Um, and again, if you're a small company and you've got many draws on your time, it can be, it can be difficult to, to sort of take that into account. Um, there are companies, and Sustain is one of them, who can help with some of those issues. Um, with the server farm issue, I, I came across one recently. Um, all their servers are housed in Iceland, um, where they're all uh, cooled through and managed through the sort of geothermal um, energy that Iceland has. So the electricity there um, is effectively carbon neutral. So that's one way you can do it, but mm. obviously that's another consideration to take on board. So there's lots of interesting technical solutions out there, and I totally take your point about how you charge your iPads. Um, it's, I think, 
it's a, as I say, it's, a, it's an incremental thing, and you kind of have to decide on the things that are going to be most important to your business and be sensible about them. Because actually, you know, if you are leaving your iPad charging all day, you probably don't need to. Um, are you turning your monitors on and off at night? Are you doing the other things that you can be doing to minimise your energy consumption? So if you are using a bit more in one area, you're being responsible for it elsewhere. Um, a lot of it's about pragmatism and common sense um, and trying to factor in as many of those things as you can without it becoming so onerous that you that you give up on the whole thing and, and mm. forget it. Because I think it's easy for people to feel like if they're not succeeding in every area, they're failing. And that's simply... Well, we wouldn't think about any other aspect of business in that way. Um, you know, it's trial and error, and some things work better than others. Yeah, and it's not all or nothing. It's, no, it's kind of do, do what you can. Yeah, it's, it's interesting on the electricity, but I, I think there's probably a number of companies that, that almost with more remote working and things, kind of shifting their energy usage to their employees' home electricity bills and the like. That's uh, difficult to uh, difficult to sort of uh, measure that. So I, I'm interested to know from, from each of you perhaps one, perhaps the thing that you have done in your own company that you think has been the most effective um, thing, and, and um, Amy Dyson, either in your company or perhaps in some of the companies that, that you've worked with, you know, what what would you pick out as a really useful green measure that people can take? Um, well, our task lighting pilot was the uh, a recent project that we undertook. So we've got. Um, overhead lighting across all of the office and because staff need different levels of lighting it's an individual choice it was hard to have those lights um, uh, reduced so instead we did a, a pilot for having task lighting just lamps on each desk so staff can choose their own whether they need the light on or off and um, that was that worked very well we estimated a 95% saving because we were going from the overhead tube lights mm. to LED uh, lamps on the, on the so desk so it's a bit like being on, a, on an aeroplane when you've got your little ring exactly above, yes yeah. but actually we achieved um, e- even higher savings in the pilot period because staff were then felt able to say well actually no I don't need any light on at all and mm. they had just been having their lights on out of sort of habit okay. so um, that went really well and we can now roll that out and recommend that to, to clients and, and show them the, the number crunching that we've done. Having done it yourselves, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ben, something from yourself? I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, it's definitely the, the creation of our Green Assist team last mm. year that's made the big difference. But it was a, just a small thing they did uh, in the middle of the year. They put a little notice up by the lift, uh, which said, don't take the lift, take the stairs. And uh, that just one tiny little note with a green logo, with green SIF logo bes- beside the lift on the fifth and sixth floors has triggered a whole load of people now walking up and down the stairs rather mm. than taking the lift. So that was just a tiny little thing. It's that that sort of nudge theory, isn't what it? I, what I'd like to do about. is um, uh, dial into the logs of the lift and, and work out whether it's done fewer trips to the sixth floor over the mm. last six months, but I haven't managed to get that data together yet, but I'm, I'm trying. You need smart lifts in there yeah. as well. Um, and Amy Robinson, from, from your own mm. experience. Um, well, it's, it's an interesting one for us because um, we've always considered environmental factors to be very important as an organisation and so we print as little as possible on both sides and we recycle everything. And so that's always been quite a big consideration for us. Um, I think over the last year and certainly since we started actually practicing what we preach and taking part in Go Green, it's been more of the the human factors that have been useful for us. So things like um, starting to offer um, uh, salary payments to staff in Bristol Pounds, 
um, and encouraging them to spend that locally. And also, we're a small team, but we're busy and we're out a lot, and people work different hours. And so getting together and having lunch together every now and then, we did that during Business Green Week, was, was just a really nice thing to do. And I think sometimes those are the things you you forget because they don't ever feel like they're quite a priority. And maybe the only time you do it is, is at Christmas. Um, but it can be really, really good for team building and morale and, and relationship building and just making sure that people all feel like they're working towards the same end. So I would say those were the things that we hadn't really thought enough about before mm. and that's really helped us. Mm. Yeah, we have lots of lunch and learns as well. We get together and somebody from... Um, uh, the Soil Association came in to give us to do a lunch and learn. We had some organic products, and it's just great to get people just talking about these issues all together. Mm. And, and Rob, you mentioned the service, but is there anything else that, that you would pick out? Well, probably um, with the risk of sounding maybe slightly controversial, the resident parking zone has actually oh, yeah. been quite interesting for us because we're based up in Clifton. Mm. And although there's a lot of staff who walk to work, cycle to work, etc., it's actually really focused the mind and now we have virtually no one driving in on their own. We, almost everyone who drives shares now um, and it's actually really increased the amount of people who are walking and cycling and we've improved our cycle facilities, um, we've got sort of locker space and, and in fact we were worried it was going to actually be quite a, um, a difficult thing for the mm-hmm. business but everyone's adapted really well and I think People are actually enjoying walking more and cycling more to work. Mm. So. It's interesting, and, and um, for anyone sort of listening and who's not Bristol-based, the Bristol Mayor introduced residence parking zones in parts of the city, partly because we were all using it as a car park. Effectively, the, the, those of us who come in from outside the city are looking for places to park. So, and I know there are some companies around areas like Clifton that have said, whoa, we can't handle this we're, we're moving out but for you that has been a, a more positive experience I mean, it has been quite difficult and I mm-hmm. know for other companies it certainly will have been quite difficult but um, I, I'm just sort of really impressed the way our companies sort of reacted to mm-hmm. it from originally being um, very nervous and a lot of people very worried mm-hmm. actually um, you know people are cycling and walking much more and, and have adapted and I, I think it just shows that actually companies are more resilient than maybe mm. we give them credit for and, and actually people given the opportunity so for example now I always get the train and the bus into work although I used to drive quite um, often um, and it hasn't actually been too bad a change and it's I think for my quality of life as a commuter it's actually been an improvement. And have you is that something that um, the staff the team have almost organically sort of responded to or was was there lots of meetings and discussions about how to approach it? There were lots of meetings, <laughs> yeah. So um, our HR department sort of sorts out lots of meetings and uh, we, we already had a lot of very keen cyclists um, and a lot of people walking to work already. So it wasn't too bad a transition, but um, it does have to be managed and you know I think we were quite proactive in, on that front. Mm. It's interesting. I mean, one of the things that I think is coming through from from what um, most of you are saying is 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 that the the whole the benefits of green and the green agenda is perhaps not just the the perhaps obvious things like the lighting, cutting the energies, all these things that have that have sensible benefits um, and potential efficiency efficiency benefits. But it's 
there's a, a real message of it's a wider part of culture and it's about health and it's about engagement and, and all that. And Amy Robinson, do you want to come in on that? Well, I was just... Um, Rob just touched on it. He used the word resilient and I think that's a really important part of the, the piece that we haven't really talked about. Um, and it's one of the themes within Go Green, um, planning and resilience. Companies are having to think about a lot of issues that perhaps some were always there, but some are becoming more acute, whether it's um, extreme traffic, some kind of accident, meaning you can't get to work, whether it's snow that blocks the roads or flooding. Um, There are lots of things that can impact on the way that a business physically operates. Um, And a lot of the measures that we're talking around around thinking about enabling remote working and enabling flexible working and things like that can help to make a business more well better equipped to deal with those kinds of issues and resilience covers a whole range of other um, kinds of questions as well around where your where your goods come from if you're buying things from parts of the world that are being impacted by climate change for example are those goods going to still be available to you in a couple mm. of years time are they going to cost more uh, even the supermarkets I, I recently read that Asda have identified that 95 percent of their um, fruit and vegetables um, that they currently sell are potentially crops that are at risk from climate change. So these are these are big issues. It's not just SMEs that are thinking about it, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't be as well. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and I, I guess the the other thing that we'll be interested to hear from you all is what what would your based on your experiences what would your message be to to you know if, if someone's running a small medium sized business hasn't really engaged with this agenda before what what would you um, what would you say to them? Um, I mean, Amy Dartington. Sure. Well, I think the, the main message is that there are good savings that can be made and it, there is a good financial business case, but also um, it will have those softer impacts as well on sort of staff engagement and making it a better place to work. Mm. Yeah. Um, Rob, would you back that up or what would you add? Yeah, I, I would recommend looking into something like Business Green Week because if you are a small company... It gives you the opportunity to feel part of a bigger community all doing the same things um, and those companies can help you uh, with ideas to how, how to change your business. Mm. And, and Ben, would you... I, I just don't think there's an alternative. I mean, we live in a, um, a city that's very exciting. Uh, there's tremendous competition for the best people. If you want to hold on to the best people and hire the best people, you have to be an engaged sort of organisation. So you've got to be doing these things, otherwise you know, you'll, you'll lose your great people because they'll go somewhere where they, you know, the, the values of the business really are the ones that, that chime with them. Mm. And that does really seem to be a, a message from a lot of employers these days. I mean, Bristol um, in, in particular, but I think, I think the, the, the region in general, is becoming very competitive for talent and for the best talent. And it does seem that a lot of, more often people these days are looking at what the company is as well as what the package is, you know, what, what, yeah, whether yeah. they want to work the, It is competitive, but the good news is uh, Bristol's got such a good vibe at the moment that people want to come and work here from, uh, from London. So that's a big change from, say, 10 years ago. Mm. OK. Um, and we're, we're sort of getting towards the end of our, of our time. So, I mean, a- Amy uh, Robinson, if, if you want to pick up on, on that message as well, but also perhaps if you can give people a bit of a, a pointer as to... Yeah, if anyone listens to this, where they might go mm. for more information. Well, absolutely. Um, I, I completely agree with, with what um, these guys have said. It's, it's 
really important for businesses to be thinking about this. And it's not really something I think we can avoid anymore. And certainly that seems to be the message that we're getting from the businesses we work with. So um, to talk specifically about the Go Green programme, which has now been running for six months, we've just hit a 1,000 companies have signed up to be involved with this now, and that's just in Bristol. So although we do have thousands of companies, I think a 1,000 making the statement that they think that this is something that they want to get involved in is, a, is an amazing start. And of that, over 200 of them have gone through the process of, of doing their action plan. And I, and I think that's the bit that I would really encourage people who are listening to this to, to maybe go and have a look at. It's completely free for them to do it, and what it encourages is, is just a bit of a toolkit. So you go through a process of looking at these five areas around planning and resilience, travel and transport, sustain, uh, sustainable sourcing, energy and efficiency, and importantly, happy and healthy, which is we've talked a lot about. And it just gives some advice about things that you could do within your business, and it's tailored to the size and type of business, so you won't get lots of advice that's completely not applicable. Um, and all of that, as I say, is, is free for people to go and have a look at and get involved in. And we really want to encourage as many businesses to take advantage of that opportunity, because it is about how you can make your businesses better, more interesting, stronger, attract more staff, the, the, the great staff that you really want, and keep the staff you've got. Um, so, so that would be my call to action is please go and have a look at gogreenbusiness.co.uk and see if it's something you can get involved with and it sounds like the, the, I guess the, the real sort of message, a number of key messages really but one is, is engage your staff, don't just do it top down but get, people, get people on board and also uh, one of the points that you mentioned earlier was it's not you don't have to do everything don't be don't be put off but but do what you can mm. and and be proud of what you're doing and, and that's a that's a sort of starting point and i think spain you're saying doing one thing at a time and, and that you can sort of build from there well thank you very much um all of you so um that's that's all we have time for today so thanks to uh to ben Heald from sift to rob delius from stride clown amy dartington from sustain and amy robinson from Go Green. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, uh, then you can find others on our website, southwestbusiness.co.uk, or you can search for SMESOS in the iTunes store. My name is Gavin Thompson, and thank you for listening. <laughs>